Yeah, one of those weird things that I remember for God knows what reason. Grade 12 English? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> right? Or in my case, it's more like, you know, grade 10 mathematics. Fuck grade off. Grade 10 math? Fuck off. I've got, like, an extremely vague 90s cartoon <laughs> to remember. User beings. Help you marry! Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Alphanumeric, the weekly podcast where we review every episode of Reboot ever in order, starting from the beginning. I'm one of your hosts, Christopher Siege. I am one of your other hosts, NeoCal. And we do not have somebody else. Yes, uh, no Aiden this week, unfortunately, as he is off on a Alphanumeric assignment. That's not true yes. at all. <laughs> that's not true at all uh unfortunately he had to work but he presumably will be here next week regardless of that the show must go on so this week on alphanumeric we are talking about the second episode of reboot which is called racing the clock it originally aired in canada and the u.s on september 17th 1994 and that's just from his memory he didn't even look that up no, it's not like I have a, a Wikipedia page open in front of me or anything, because as has been established on other podcasts, I am a legitimate journalism. That's true. Uh, Cal, why don't you uh, get us started on this episode? All right. So we start the episode with a zoom in on Dot's Diner. Mm -hmm. And we're met with a whole bunch of pop-up windows. And this might be really foreign or weird for younger people but like man that that gave me some weird like hideous nostalgia when we zoomed in into the diner and there's all these like pop-ups i know it, they they have a very geo uh geo cities feel to them don't they <laughs> yeah with like the they fl they flash on and off <laughs> yeah. um, they're bright colors on yellow backgrounds <laughs> just yep. it's, it's cancerous to the eyes like big giant like fuchsia arrows flashing on yellow backgrounds yeah very and... very reminiscent of yahoo geo cities or like oh, uh, or like aol websites yes the aol thing i am guilty of participating in that culture <laughs> <laughs> but anyway um some of them are kind of like like they're pointing enzos some of them kind of like flash and they say Enzo's delivery service. And he's just sitting at a table in the diner uh, with windows open in front of him. Mm -hmm. And he's all like carefully adjusting them. And you can, you can tell just by looking at him, like he, he's clearly set up and ready to go for, for things to something to happen. Yeah. They're, they're 3d and they're floating in the air, but he's tilting them and closing one and he closes one. So the camera can see him and he's got this, smug little face <laughs> on himself and so you're like oh he's doing a startup cool i just noticed that he has zero one on his his shirt yeah he did last episode as well yeah i don't know why i just noticed now uh, and yeah he gets a he gets a call and he's like no way and he answers it and there's a like Jean a binome on me there is a zero binome on there who has some suspiciously star trek looking insignia on him who refers to himself as Jean-Luc. Oh, d does he? Yeah, he... Uh, oh, shit. I need to... 
Yeah, his uh, he is red and gold colored, and he has four pins, just like a captain mm. does in Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yeah, and even he doesn't introduce himself, but later when oh that makes sense. Later when Enzo is making up a cover story, he says, "Uh, some guy named Jean Luc." Yeah, yeah. So it's clearly a another Star Trek reference. Doesn't yeah. he spin his hat around? He like spins his hat around, and it like is met with no resistance, and kind of like goes off to the side. Yeah, it twirls right. around. It twirls around like a propeller. And then he, this kid is so nineties. <laughs> he's got like the sideways cap. He's got like he per- permanently wears like skateboarding gear. Yeah, says <laughs> alphanumeric, like you know. <laughs> As we all did. As we all did in the nineties. I I when I was a kid, I actually started uh, using for a little while. I started using uh, uh, reboot slang in my just regular vocabulary. That seems like a Christopher thing to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're you're right. He does inter- the little binome does introduce himself as John Luke, and then he's like, "Oh, sorry, wrong number." He was trying to dial dots. I like how uh, Enzo has this little. He he already has his little uh, answering spiel just uh, completely rehearsed. So every time he answers a call, he answers with the exact same thing. You can tell this is just something that he's been practicing. Yeah, what is it? Enzo's overwrite delivery service? Yep. So I know... Yeah. So I realize that... This is just a a cartoon and stuff, but overwrite delivery service. What would that be like in a like in reality? Like what would Enzo be doing to a computer? Like overwriting like old like defragged data or I'm thinking about that too much. I just think it's cool. (laughs) Uh, burning new songs onto a CD RW. Oh shit. Man, remember when there were rewritable CDs? Yeah. And those kids were like the coolest? Uh, were... One thing that was kind of annoying about... Uh, there were also rewritable DVDs as well. And one thing that was kind of annoying about these discs was um, player compatibility was hit or miss. Yeah, it was a weird time. So like some CD players would play CD RWs, but not all of them would. In fact, like most of them didn't. And it, it was such a rare. Didn't. Yeah, it was such a rarity that they would usually say on them, like, right, like the, uh, you know, like your like little Sony, like mini system <laughs> would say uh, right on it. It would say CD RW compatible. Yeah, some of them were, were stamped with that specifically. Yeah. Uh, and it was the same with, uh, for a little while there, it was the same with uh, DVD RWs as well. Uh, DVD players would usually specify on them whether they were compatible uh, with RWs or not. What a time to be alive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, what is? What does John Luke say in the window? He's like, is this DOT's data compression takeout? Yeah. Data compression takeout. I, I think it's cool. I don't think they've specifically said that whole the the whole name of her business in the first episode. So I I thought I thought it was cool. I wonder if they will say it again or if it will be one of those things that just gets uh that is just a throwaway line. 
Yeah, it'll probably just be referred to as Dead <laughs> Dots Diner. <laughs> In fact, I'm sure that is what it is referred to as. But we're pretending like it's 1994, so we're not going ahead. Yeah, it's uh, it's a rad, it's a rad business. Yeah, Dot and Bob show up. Cecil opens oh, the Cecil. <laughs> in a scene that actually made me laugh out loud when I was watching the episode. Uh, Cecil opens the door up and holds it open for Dot. Dot walks in. Bob is just about to walk in behind her, and Cecil actually slams the door right on Bob. Oh, is that <laughs> and th- what happens? And then zips away, yeah. Cecil really doesn't like Bob, apparently. Oh, yeah, he opens the door for... See, I. this is a weird thing going on, because um, Dot has some interesting camel toe going on in her one one piece suit but she's walking and her hands are behind her back and i thought like bob was restraining her and oh no no cecil slams the door on bob i'm talking well, about you, like when i wa- watched this when i was like a kid i well, was you know like what? what is happening like, there she she has her hands behind her back but yeah i'm looking at it now and yeah it kind of looks like she's just handcuffed right yeah. So when I was a kid, and I remember watching this episode a few times, I thought, like, Bob had her in handcuffs, and Cecil, like, slammed the door on Bob <laughs> so she could get go free. Oh, it reminds me of, so like, devi- deviant art, like, uh, pictures where, like, nobody oh, can shit. draw hands, and they just oh, draw, yeah, yeah. and they just, so they just put the character's arms behind them. I thought you were going somewhere completely different with that. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Bob's got Dot all handcuffed, and oh, it reminds me of some old Deviant Art uh, pages. Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. I don't, I don't, I don't tease myself with Deviant Art. I go straight to Rule Thirty Four. Come now. <laughs> uh, that's that. That is also going back. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Cecil slams the door on Bob. He gives and, Cecil a hate glare. Yeah, and Cecil zips away following Dot. Dot walks over to uh, to greet Enzo and asks him basically, "Oh, how's your business going?" Yeah, and th- this is this is fu- funny. I I um had to go back and double check this. Uh, check this. He starts just like exaggerating how great his business is or whatever, and he moves um a window, and it has this bar graph. Yep. Like going up, and it reminds me of the stonks meme. <laughs> Uh, which one is that again? Uh, it's the one with like the the basic like uh weird like mannequin head that's used in a lot of um different like memes. But he's wearing a suit, and in the background there's like j- stock market like gibberish and an arrow like graph going upwards, and it says stonks. Huh. Anyways, yeah, yeah Enzo with his <laughs> hands up. Uh, <laughs> Enzo with his hands up with like the the bar graph in the background. I'll send you a screenshot. Reminds me of the the Stonks meme. So I've got the uh, the subtitles up for uh, Enzo's little spiel that he gives to Dot. Oh, geez. So he's like, oh, great. Just huge. Seriously active. I was written for this format. I'm going multi. Quality. Major, even. I'm crunching along at high volume and proud of it. Call me whenever. <laughs> and then Dot cuts him off there. And Bob's just like, yeah, we're glad to hear it. Yeah, his stonks are through the roof. His stonks are through the roof. <laughs> uh, so 
uh, Bob and Dot leave to go um, uh, mend a tear that was apparently left over from the last game, which... Okay, so this is new. Like, do games are what create tears then? Yeah, it's almost like... It is almost like... Like last games week, games we... create instabilities here or there, and maybe, yeah, is it implying that all the tears come, or most of the tears, or at least minor ones, come from games? Maybe, because I mean, last week, uh, all we learned about tears was that uh, game cubes can stabilize them. Yeah. Now. But now, Dot saying that the last game that came into mainframe left a bunch of terrors around. Oh, so she like, says more than one. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 on a uh, uh, throughout this episode. They're kind of on a uh, uh, a little quest, mini quest of their own, going around mainframe mending terrors that were left over from the previous game. Yeah, my favorite is. They're like, oh, that's that's great, Enzo. Bob and I are going into the basement to um, mend <laughs> some tears. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Like, <laughs> uh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, like when your older like sister who looks after you like gets a boyfriend, but they pretend they're just friends. <laughs> yeah, and like, or like the uh, yeah, the the babysitter. Um, like whatever you know, teenage girl, your parents. Uh, I'm speaking hypothetically because this never happened. Oh, hypothetically, of course. But I, but I, I, I've seen it in movies, like where like kids' parents will hire some like neighborhood teenage girl to babysit their child, uh, and bring her like, boyfriend. She'll over. she'll like send the the kid to bed, and she'll bring some guy over to quote unquote study. Yeah, and then they try to get the kid to go to sleep at like six p.m. <laughs> yeah, they can like make out and watch watch movies. They can make out and watch like Beverly Hills nine zero two one zero. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dawson's Creek. Oh yeah. Oh, that yeah. wasn't out yet, or was it? I don't know. Ninety four, maybe. I think. Who knows? I don't know. Who, Not, who Beverly knows? Hills nine zero two one zero was just the first thing that popped into my head. Uh-huh. But yeah, they're, he, they're like, we'll be downstairs if you need us. And I'm like, uh-huh. And uh, much to my surprise, um, <laughs> they are actually going to mend a tear. Yep. And so Enzo is like, yeah, things will basically like, yeah, things will be great if I actually got some customers. Um, and then he's asleep, gets a phone call on one of the vid windows in front of him. And look who it is. It's Megabyte. And he has hack and slash on either side of him. Yep, I'm gonna... his two most trustworthy l- lieutenants. Yeah, which uh, I-, I know Aiden told us last week which one was which. I don't remember. Uh, so yeah, Enzo gets a call from uh, uh, Megabyte, hack and slash. And Enzo refers to him as Megabreath. And then he immediately corrects himself for some reason. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Megabyte. And (laughs) Megabyte is like, oh, I understand you have a new delivery service. And Enzo is like, oh, it's not that new unless you count 31 nanoseconds as new. 
Ooh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> For anybody that knows that we have another podcast, they use cycles and megacycles and nanocycles. Uh, maybe it's just nanocycles in this one. And it, it's a. I think it's he a, said nanoseconds. Oh, okay. Then he is forgiven. <laughs> but I was still, like, oh, the cycles return. But still, this is this is still like nebulous time passage of time bullshit. <laughs> that it's well, like... if he says, yeah, if he says, um, uh, it's, well, it's not exactly new. It's thirty nanoseconds new. Thirty-one nanoseconds new. Nanoseconds are a real thing. So that confirms well, our suspicions. Yeah, that confirms our suspicions. Um, in the first episode, where we were like, "Wait a second! Like, does time move differently here?" And that that absolutely confirms that time moves like way differently. Totally. I just wonder, like, what? I guess what I'm wondering is like, what is 31 nanosecond? Like, how long does that feel from their perspective? Oh, from their perspective. Yeah. Yeah, it's just conjecture. At that yeah, point, that, yeah, that's what I'm kind of wondering. Um, Mi- minutes. Th- this question and more <laughs> will not be answered <laughs> next week on Alpha Numeric. Yeah, so it's not exactly no. Uh, and he so... he starts he starts just going on a little um, tirade about you know how he just starts talking about like gibberish and and megabyte kind of just like looks annoyed but allows him to just go on and on and then he interrupts him and he's like what a persuasive sales sprite you are you've convinced me to use your services and so long story short megabyte wants to to hire uh enzo to deliver a package to hexadecimal which is a character we have not met yet yeah, like they keep alluding to to hexadecimal, but they've never shown her yet. Yeah. Uh, interesting in the vid window when he was talking, Megabyte was talking to Enzo again. He's got no legs, and he's in his like hover hover throne. Yeah, yeah, his uh, his hover throne connected by a ball joint. Yeah, I mean, why would you walk around with like giant muscular? like robot legs when you could just like hover around. Do you mean robot legs or do you mean naked man legs? I mean, (laughs) naked bestial man legs. (laughs) Thank you for correcting me. What I find (laughs) funny is like when the, uh, after um, uh, Megabyte hires uh, Enzo and Enzo agrees to take the job. He uses reverse psychology to get him to take the job. And after Megabyte uh, signs off, uh, Enzo is just like, thanks, Mr. Bite. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bite. Mr. Bite. <laughs> I'm sure he loves being called that. <laughs> we're, uh, we're in the basement now, and Bob and Doc totally not making out. <laughs> uh, they're, no, they're not making out. They're not making out at all. Well, we, actually... we for, we for, did we forget to mention that um, he passes a package through to... And so, oh, or does that not happen? Oh yet? no! Yeah, we did forget to mention that. So uh, this is either, cool. Either hack or weird. slash, uh, whichever one. We will never <laughs> know knows. which one is which. We'll never know. <laughs> uh, a little. He grabs this like pr- uh, 
little gift box. It's like all wrapped up like a present. It's quite nice, actually. Yeah. Uh, this is weird. He this like little, this there's little a transdimensional tiny... window. Yeah, that opens up and hack slash slash hack slash. Wow, that sounded weird. Hack uh, and a and or slash. Yes, hack and or slash extended his arm, holding the package through this transdimensional vid window, and was able to pass this parcel to Enzo in Dot's diner. Which this is some interesting tech. So that means that they are able to. Oh geez, they're able to open windows and transfer physical objects across mainframe through these little portal windows. And that raises so many questions for me, questions that will undoubtedly get answered. <laughs> uh, like, can a, can a being go through one of these windows? If a Does that mean you can, go, like, yeah. If a being can go through one of these windows, why do people have zip boards? Uh, is it really high energy usage? Um, is it only if somebody on the other end accept the, the transfer of files? Maybe. maybe maybe it's only because Enzo accepts the the file transfer maybe 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 which makes me wonder it's like okay so if he just rejects the file transfer what happens then the window closes and then hack and or slash his arm is just immediately severed <laughs> that, that's what i was thinking like, <laughs> some stargate shit like you, you exactly yeah let's go with that yeah okay it's it's easier to just go with that then <laughs> then uh fathom the possibilities of a question that will never be answered <laughs> uh, also, so yeah I... he accepts the present sorry <laughs> what was that oh, oh i was gonna say also i feel like hack and or slash is just gonna become a thing now <laughs> well it's impossible to tell the difference right uh it is how it is it is who it is it is when it is it is why it is not it is why it is mind you it is why it is Oh, Wyatt. Wyatt. <laughs> yeah, like... Wyatt are... The windows all close, and Megabyte laughs maniacally. And the camera zooms up into like the rafters in Megabyte's base, and there's like a little ball creature like looking at him, and his he's got like a little part of his hat head that's like flashing green and red. Mm -hmm. He's got a little antenna on him, or it's his tail, not not an antenna. So we've both. never seen this weird creature. Presumably he's spying. Yeah, that's the uh that's the likely takeaway there. Yeah. So so then we cut to Bob and Dot making out in the basement, <laughs> mending tears Quote, and air quotes. <laughs> and I like how you could tell that I I used air quotes even over voice. <laughs> and surprise, surprise, they actually are mending tears. And it jumps into a, a storage packet. These are actually really cool, like cardboard little boxes Dot has in her basement. They're essentially uh, dodecahedrons, like 12, 12 sided, twelve sided dice. And uh, okay, I don't, I don't know why I know that. <laughs> Blame Dungeons and Dragons or some nerdy shit. Anyways, she has these dodecahedrons hanging out in her basement and presumably they're that is, that is such an awkward sounding word yes to me. <laughs> that, that's that i've been told that most of my life <laughs> no matter what i say like i i haven't even uh like i have never 
said that word at any point in my entire life. You know, it I exists. Can, I, I, I can assure you, but even just listening to it, I'm like, I just know that is an awkward word to say. A, lo a lot of things in uh, math or uh, geometry are kind of awkward. But yeah, anyways, yeah, dodecahedron. Especially mathematicians. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say dodecahedron too many times, and it's going to lose all me meaning. So yeah, there's a tear. There's a tear in one of them, in one of the D12s. And Bob uses some weird sensor on his glitch. It's got like little like antennas that are pointing, and he's like, there it is. And he tells Dot to like shield her eyes. And the whole screen turns white, and yeah. they're both covering their eyes. And then when the screen kind of fades back into color, there's another tear, like the one we had seen in episode one, but it's tiny. Mm -hmm. Like it's the size of a, a medicine ball, aka the thing that broke fingers in elementary school and was never used properly. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bob and Dot close the tear. Yeah, Enzo shows up. And is all like, yeah, I got my first delivery. Cool. I got to take a package to hexadecimal. And then Enzo fucks off and Bob and Dot both look at each other and they're like, great. And then they're like, wait, hexadecimal in unison. Yeah, they, they stare at each other and they're like, hexadecimal. But it's like too late because Enzo's um, like zip boarding out of the diner. Yeah. Uh, but Dot is able to grab him in time and she's all like, did you say hexadecimal? Who sent the package? Oh, by the way, his shoes look rad. Like he's got these, like these these massive red like skater shoes. And I'm like, yeah. man, where do I get those kicks? Like I would. You've seen the shoes I wear and the, the style of uh, clothes I tend to go with sometimes. And like I, like straight up would just wear those shoes. Non ironically, they're they're pretty rad. They're, yeah. They must exist somewhere. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Or if not, you could... I'm sure you could probably find, like, an Etsy store or something where someone would make that. Uh, find a, a blank, like, a white model and, like, paint it or uh, modify some ex already existing pair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they look at him and they, they stop him, like you said, and... Bob and Dot are kind of suspicious. And he's like, oh, I see how it is. You're jealous of my success. Yeah. And they're <laughs> and he like, kind of acts like a whiny brat. He does. And they're like, who would hire you to send a package to Hexadecimal? And Enzo is <laughs> like, oh, it was Jean-Luc. Yeah, that's right. Jean-Luc. Why would anyone send a package to Hexadecimal? What's in it? A bomb. And in a bit that made me laugh earlier, uh, Enzo was like, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a surprise. And then Bob and, they, and Dot look at each other and in unison, they're like, a bomb. A bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because that's Cause immediately what the viewer viewer thinks, right? Yeah, well, Cause, basically cause it, it is. is a bomb. <laughs> it, it is a fucking bomb. And uh, they, they end up compromising and being like, this is what's going to... Because he goes through, wow, like what a... He's a little manic at times and then like depressive other times. And I think that's just child manipulation. Like as somebody who grew up with like, a bunch of cousins and siblings the whole like being super stoked about something and then acting like super sad is such like a child manipulation tactic <laughs> and that's what he does here anyways my business is doomed <laughs> end of file log off game over 
I'll give up. I'll never be as cool or as successful or as tall as Dot. <laughs> and she kind of leans down and she's like, oh, compile up. Act your age. And kind of like literally makes him chin up, puts her hand on his chin and straightens his hat. And she's like, there's a simple solution to every problem. And she grabs the package and shoves it in, into Bob's chest. Bob, you deliver the package. And Enzo, you continue your business and quit being depressed. Or sorry, no. Uh, she actually says, don't quit file so easily. I, I got to point out their little their little uh, computer terminology. I love it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then she walks away and says, make it snappy. We've got more fixes left in here. And Bob is like, wow. And he says, how does she, how does she do that? And Enzo's like, what? Get everyone else to do all the work? And he's like, yeah. And Enzo's like, don't ask me. I've been trying to figure that one out forever. And then my favorite scene. Uh-huh. Do you remember immediately what it cuts to? Uh, no, I don't. It immediately cuts from Enzo, and there's a sweeping camera angle as it zooms in on this like red, shadowy, crazy silhouette of Hexadecimal. And as the camera zooms in, it passes all of her floating masks. They're white masks with bright red lips arched black eyebrows and they have different expressions on them and they're oh, just floating yeah, yeah. In, yeah See, they're floating in the air unlike megabyte in the last episode this is how you introduce a main antagonist thank you <laughs> she- the silhouette is strong. You can't see her face. She has glowing green eyes as it zooms in. And she's holding up different masks. And, and her legs the, are crossed. And she is the only figure in the shot. Yes. Which I mentioned. Isolation shot. Typically in movies and TV, you want to introduce a uh, character for the first time in what is called an isolation shot. Which, exactly like this. Yes, which is where they are the only figure in the frame. And her... Her throne is like a chair with like insectoid legs and the inside of her layer is like dark purple and it has like organic looking like portals, like almost like slides or tunnels leading in. It's it's a very different look. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the, the lighting is really good in this in this scene, too. Like it's very it's almost kind of spooky. Yes. Like, there's not a lot of light, but there's a lot of darkness. But the light that is there is really emphasizing the red on her costume and, like, the whiteness of her mask. So for the listeners, Hexadecimal is wearing these, like, Harlequin masks. And she, her face is seemingly not able to express at all. She always just has... When she speaks, her mouth doesn't move. Yeah, Yeah, when... Yeah, her her face doesn't actually her facial expression doesn't actually move at all. Her mouth but, doesn't move. Her eyes don't move. Yeah, but but she'll wave her hand over her face, and then whatever the expression on whatever mask she's wearing will change, like as she's talking. It's a really really cool visual, and it's, it's a cool it's, character. It's especially cool for if you think that this is think of the fact that this is 1994. Like, this is 1994, the early days of CGI. So, like, bravo to whoever conceived this. Yeah, it's, it's, and her, like I said, her silhouette is strong because she's, she has a backlight as the camera zooms in and her head crest, like, cause she, her head crest, uh, oh, and she's like metallic blood red. 
by the way. So she's a good contrast to to Megabyte. And her head crest has these kind of like prongs that stick out, kind of like giving her a Yeah, she has five of them. It, yeah. It almost gives like gold her like and red. Yeah, it almost gives her this like almost like crown. It's look. like a crown, an aura crown kind of thing. It's yeah. very rad. I think she has earrings. Uh yeah, she does. She has like big ass triangular hoops or something yeah yeah, yeah something along dangly the big dangly earrings yeah and her accents are red and gold and she has well again she's just probably one um it's weird talking about their their clothes because technically they're not like clothes much like megabyte like her pieces are just on her but she has talons much like, much like megabyte who is just a big hulking naked blue man who is just <laughs> owning it you know <laughs> well he he is owning it he loves like standing tall like with his hips like jutted out with his like hands like resting on his hips yeah like you gotta own it but yeah when she has her legs crossed she's wearing knee-high leather like heels which i'm a fan of <clears throat> and um her arms like forearms upwards are black too like she's almost wearing gloves but she has like beast talons like her her hands have like long nails yeah and yeah, it's almost... really long nails that have this they actually they kind of remind me of lady deathstrike from uh x-men okay yeah 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 and unlike megabyte who can like extend them or whatever hers aren't like straight fingernails they're actually like a little curved yeah like actual more like natural claws and i think she's um whoa wait maybe i'm wrong have I never noticed? How many fingers do people have in this show? Because I think she has three fingers and a thumb, like the Simpsons. But I've... I think, it depend, I think it depends on the character. Yeah, some have just like like, um, like Lego hands. Like the binomes just have little claspy cuffs. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I think sprites uh, like uh, Bob, Dot, and Enzo, I think they all have five fingers. I'm sure that we would have noticed otherwise. So, so to, to get back to hexadecimal, she almost, again, they don't really like have clothes. Unlike Megabyte, who you could argue is a naked robot, <laughs> hexadecimal's clothes are kind of built into her form. She almost has like a corset that protrudes from, from her chest, like metallic. Like, um, I, I can see why ABC, if they saw this episode, they would be like, oh, hell no. <laughs> Like you literally have a dominatrix on the show. <laughs> yeah, I feel like whoever designed, whatever artist designed hexadecimal was like probably doing it with one hand. <laughs> I was gonna say he was probably uh, looking at some like underground, like fetish, like early late eighties, early nineties, like underground fetish magazines, pre Matrix, like uh, underground clubs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm... I watching this now after decades I I feel like there's definitely some influence on my young psyche about what kind of stuff I ended up liking <laughs> and yeah. I there's no way anyone listening to this would would not suggest the same uh yeah between this and like Catwoman and Batman Returns yeah, I, I feel like Tim Burton and uh, Reboot have have uh, influenced some young minds. It, 
they they inadvertently scarred us for life in a way. <laughs> oh, oh no, I'm I'm quite thankful. <laughs> and oh geez, I just noticed she's got like a little like metallic cape thing. Here, my my partners here. Tell me, tell me that hexadecimal is not a dominatrix. Yes, she obviously is. Thank you. She just walked in and like glanced at the screen with me paused with her like le- long ass legs, heel in wearing heels, like cr- like she's crossing her legs. And I'm like, tell me she's not a a dominatrix. And she's like, she obviously is. And <laughs> and her weird like kind of spider throne thing that she sits on. It's creepy, but I like it. You know, black arachne and hexadecimal are probably why I like spiders. Yeah, let's go with spiders. <laughs> <laughs> Curvy, long-legged, likes to kick men in the face spiders. I mean, I did also bring up the influence that Catwoman had on us during our formative years, and on our other podcast, Too Much Energon, where we talk about every episode of Beast Wars ever in production order. Uh, what I One thing I liked about this scene is so she's sitting on her spider throne thing and that little creature that we saw earlier spying. The, the dog ball. Yeah, the dog ball. Scuzzy. Uh, Scuzzy, yes. Uh, that we saw spying on Megabyte and uh, Hack and or Slash <laughs> um, shows up and she's basically all like, oh, why are you interrupting me? And so she creates a hole in the floor and he that he drops into. Yeah, speaking of um, highs and lows uh, and emotions, hexadecimal Wow, does she have some some highs and lows very yeah. quickly? She says, yeah. "How dare you interrupt me when I'm putting on my face?" Right, and a hole right. like appears, and Scuzzy drops through it uh, piece by piece, and then she says to herself, "I don't know why I did that. I was quite happy to see him." So she brings him back. Yeah, she and has like, like a really sad face. I really dig that. As someone who has BPD and who has known <laughs> and been involved with many a bipolar individuals, uh, there's a uh, yeah. the moment of clarity after yeah. you react a certain way. Yeah, I, I dig it. I for a uh, for a dumb '90s kids show like that, it was a surprisingly sincere depiction of someone who was unstable. Yeah. And she gets angry at him. She opens up a hole in the floor. He falls. By the way, like mainframe is floating on what seems to be like an ocean of a tear. So presumably anybody that falls off of the giant floating islands that make up mainframe um, get deleted. And as Scuzzy's, yeah, presumably. And as Scuzzy's falling, like you said, oh, why did I do that? I was quite happy to see him. She waves her hand and he stops falling. And then he's like summoned back up into her lair. So she has some sort of like, already she's showing that she has some sort of psychic control over the morphology of her lair and of Scuzzy. Oh, nice word point. Sometimes I surprise myself with my goodly vocabulary. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I, I really like that. And then he just hovers over to her and he starts wagging his antenna tail 
And she's like, oh, what have you got for me? And he leans forward. His is on top of his head. It's like a glass ball. And he shows her like a recording of him spying on Megabyte and the and the Chuckle Twins. <laughs> the dynamic duo, Hack and or Slash. And uh, it you can it it's audio too. And it zooms in on the present. And the present is um like a porcelain mask like the ones she wears. And you can hear Megabyte talking, and he says, A delete command. Masked has a mask. She'll never know what erased her. Which, this mask has a fucking timer on it. So on the, Right on the forehead. It has a timer that says 30. I don't know how intelligent Hexadecimal is or why they're <laughs> fighting. Presumably, they're very different mob bosses, and they, they fight for turf. But like, it looks just like one of her masks. It has a fucking timer on it. Like, yeah. like right on the top, like a green like timer. She like you she'll, can't she'll mi- probably notice. You can't miss it. And Megabyte says, now all I need is some unsuspecting fool to deliver it. And a vid window opens up that shows a bunch of like spinning shots of the model of Enzo. Yeah, the like a, one of them Enzo. one of them almost looks like a 3D wireframe as he's like spinning. And yeah. she, she has like a shocked face and she like puts her hand above her like mouth and she's like, delete me, will he? <laughs> Time to calculate a little surprise. And uh, she ends up like maniacally laughing. And she's like, I'll delete him and his delivery boy too. Yeah. And, and so it, cut- she, she has kind of an old, like a gravelly, like older sounding voice. Like she doesn't sound young. Kind no, of like Megabyte def- does not sound young. No, she definitely sounds like an older woman. So, hey, 90s kids, if you watched Reboot and you're into MILFs, <laughs> and you're, you're specifically into goth MILFs, uh, th- there's probably a reason. <laughs> As Hexadecimal is laughing maniacally, the, my uh, DVD copy, it actually says maniacal laughter. <laughs> <laughs> it zooms in and we get a shot of her evil tower. And she and her island, she's actually on a separate island off of mainframe. And, oh boy, there's a lot to, there's a lot to look at here. There are tendrils, three, that come out of a dome on the top, and they look like ram horns, like windy ram horns. And then there are all these like spikes kind of jutting up that look like wrapping tendrils of black and purple that point into these spikes straight into the sky. And as we see her island, it looks like a chessboard. And the pieces are like metal, like rusty or oxidized, like blue and reddish like colors. Um, Because you know how the Statue of Liberty is kind of bluish is because of the the copper oxidization? They kind of look like that. It's very weird. Yeah, I uh, honestly, I didn't know. Oh, there we go. He's back. There we go. He's back. Yeah, her uh, floating like island of lost angles is, which I read in my mind as Los Angeles like three times before I realized it was Lost Angles. Um, I'm the, sure 
I, I'm sure like the name is probably meant to evoke oh, Los yeah. Angeles. And uh, the kind of like, I, I assume people live here. Maybe they don't. Maybe it's just full of nulls. Um, but it's almost like a chessboard. And these these kind of like skyscrapers or like little um, high-rise apartment buildings or whatever are kind of like rusty like iron and rusty copper like blue and and red uh, pieces which i find interesting yeah and the it's um, basically very very kooky and weird yeah and uh a lot of the buildings are falling apart uh it looks like there have been numerous uh disasters that gone on in this little island at some point over the years yeah it looks like people used to live here like 50 years ago and then yeah. there was a fire or something and yeah perhaps it was an area that just like kept getting bom- bombarded with game cubes hmm there are a lot of nulls there so yeah there are a whole bunch of nulls which means maybe this area was like ravaged by games at some point yeah and just there was no repairs and they like any normal binomes left just moved or maybe hexadecimal moved in at some point and it became a a fun house (laughs) kind of place because when bob goes to lost angles when bob goes to lost angles so bob zips in it's weird and the, the, he, the bridge going to Lost Angles has like a loop de loop. <laughs> uh it kind of looks like a thrashed version of like the Golden Gate Bridge or like the Yeah. Yeah. It it, it just looks like a uh suspension bridge that you would see in any major US city. Yeah, and as he's going uh, specifically though, like like the Golden Gate Bridge, um it, it evokes Golden Gate Bridge imagery. Yeah. And as he's like kind of in this weird funhouse place, as he's going like over an archway, like a stone archway, he kind of like fizzles out and teleports back as if he entered an invisible portal. And he's upside down. Mm. And he kind of like kind of regains his footing on the zip board. And um, during this, there's. Um, a little homage to Super Mario Bros. Uh, there's right. one of those, yeah, there's one of those tubes, uh, like the green tubes at like yeah. nine minutes and eight seconds or so, uh, but it's black and it's in the background. I would have only have no, I only noticed it because I just happened to pause there and I was like, oh, cool. And yeah, he kind of stops and talks to himself and he's like, why do I always get lost in lost angles? imagine that right yeah Uh, so enzo follows him though yeah and bob is zipping through lost angles and on a zip board he's uh he has the the parcel uh he's holding it behind his back in a way that (laughs) much like earlier uh with dot like he also kind of looks like he's handcuffed as well very odd posture yeah it's strange um, I'm not a surfer or anything, and I'm not very good at skateboarding, but I but I longboard, and that's usually not a 
good stance if you want to keep your balance on something. <laughs> I would like imagine both arms behind your back. No. <laughs> Uh, and he uh, turns around, and he's like being followed by all these very colorful, very fast slugs. Yep, he has a uh, total legion, if you will, of nulls in pursuit of him. Yeah, and he says there's nothing worse than having to ask a null for directions. So Which, we've... I'm actually surprised at how fast these nulls are moving, because you would think they would be a lot slower. Yes, they're moving very fast. And I think this is the first time we're really shown them i and it's mentioned yeah yeah, it's mentioned in a previous in the previous episode that uh sprites or binomes that are in a game and the user wins uh they're nullified and like the whole sector becomes nullified we still don't really know what that means though yeah we we weren't really shown what that entails exactly all we saw was in the last episode was just that a sector was basically just completely yeah deleted yeah yeah just completely deleted and turned into this like basically fallout site essentially yeah they use the term nullified uh interesting world building you can definitely tell they built the world for this um to some extent before they like they didn't dive in blind and turn it and make stuff up episode to episode i mean they do a little bit right but it's not telling us what the nulls are or why when the user wins it nullifies or deletes the sector so i i find that intriguing mm-hmm. yeah so it shows all these like rainbow colorful like slugs wow they are moving and, and giant explodey bomb drops like an acme roadrunner bomb like a big round like pirate cannonball with like a wick in it it's huge fills the entire like street it's it looks like the bomb that adam west ran around the docks <laughs> holding over his head in the 1966 batman movie it, it is literally a giant like cartoon bomb <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he screeches to a halt and he turns and kind of looks at all the nulls because he stops right on the bomb and he says get out of here find someone else's energy to eat as they kind of like test the waters and they they go up to him and then retreat a little bit and like very pack animal mentality so it implies that they're somewhat dangerous yeah and then all of a sudden uh lost angles asshole opens up (laughs) the ground (laughs) just opens up yeah yeah, and then Bob just drops through it and goes through this like tunnel that purple takes purple intestine. In... It's very weird looking. Yeah, and that's why I called it Lost Angles <laughs> asshole opening up, and it drops Bob right into Hexadecimal's lair. Yeah, he goes down one of those slides, and it shoots him right up. And because he's Bob, he he lands on his feet, but he's on this big gray platform and. Hexa, one of hexadecimal's masks is like just, floating just floats into frame she's uh, scarier and, than megabyte in different ways yeah her so her mask just floats into frame and she's talking to bob at this point and then we see a lightning strike and her body materializes and then we get another isolation shot of her walking toward bob full frontal like walking toward bob with her hips swaying yeah, this this is the shot that wow. Um, 
she is very sexualized thing. here but also like the way she's it's a catwalk the way she's introduced in this scene like it's surprisingly scary for a kid's show yes because of the floating mask and the disembodied like, voice and yeah like you could put like you could easily reduce something like that in a blumhouse horror film to great effect just a mask floating into frame with a disembodied voice talking and then all of a sudden like a she body manifests mat- yeah a body materializing connected to the mask like it's it's scary yeah and then um a, a broad shouldered like thin waist wide hips like thick thighs like hexadecimal <laughs> comes into um comes into view and she starts walking down these steps towards him and she just has like a a neutral f- smile on the mask she's wearing and she it's like a catwalk she walks like one leg over the other in these heels yeah. with the, these exaggerated hip movements and i know i mentioned it before but i i'm this is uh yeah i don't think abc would have would have liked this but, I'm sure they didn't. But uh twelve year old or sorry, eight year old uh, about ten, ten year old Cal, let me tell you, he he did. <laughs> <laughs> like even even before like puberty hits in, like so y- you know, you you know, you know what you like. You don't know why you like it, but but you like it. And she's like, Oh my, like it seems that you're the delivery boy. Yeah, and uh so <laughs> she grabs the present from Bob and like breaks it open, just like, like splashes ex- it. Yeah, just like explodes it open. And she's like, "What's this? A mask? I already have one. You keep it." Yeah. Before she like deletes the outside of the the box with her claws, she like embraces Bob's head and then rests her hands on his shoulders. <laughs> and I'm like, oh interesting i i dig it but yeah she she grabs the mask like you said she's like oh what a shame i already have one and as which i I found funny (laughs) and it's interesting objects that pass in front she doesn't just change her um her expression with a wave of the hand if something passes in front of the camera her expression can change it's really trippy Mm -hmm. and cool yeah and she says, you'll have to return it to Megabyte with my regrets. And she shoves it onto Bob's face. It seemingly gets stuck on his face. And then. Yeah, that's she, creepy. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was surprisingly creepy looking to see this like mask, like just stuck to his face. Yeah. Especially because like you can see like Bob's eyes through it. Yeah. Just like a look. Just a look of panic in his eyes. This look of panic as he has this porcelain mask stuck on his face. And then the camera gives us a ground up view. And there's like a golden clock floating up in the air behind hexadecimal. And she, like a wizard, like a sorceress, she like raises her arm and like makes Bob levitate (laughs) into the air. I thought the gold thing was a lantern. Oh, is it a lantern? Well, it yeah, like, it's shining it light like a, on him. Yeah, you're yeah, right. It you're like right. A lantern to me. It's shining light on him, and she like force pushes him back out one of like these tubes, and he's yeah. ejected out of the concrete ground again. Now, this is the thing: he's not just ejected; he goes flying across 
mainframe. Like he's actually like magically levitating, being thrown across mainframe. Right. So Lost Angles has shat him out. <laughs> yeah, and Enzo just happens to be there. And he's like, oh, that must be Hexadecimal's hole in the ground. And I'm like, <laughs> are you familiar with, with this? <laughs> um, yeah. He the... does something kind of clever. He jams yeah, they... the zipboard to block yeah, they... the hole from closing. Yeah, the, the hole is about to close. So he jams his zipboard in there to keep it open. He like kneels down to listen to what Hexadecimal is saying. And she's basically just like, Oh, uh, Bob should get to Megabyte's Tower, the Silicon Tor, as we learned last episode. Um, around just, when the time bomb goes off. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, around the time that the, the bomb is about to go off. Yep. And uh, she unsummons Scuzzy again. I don't, I don't know. She has her moods, and he disappears down a hole. And um, as yeah. she sits on her throne again, because evil villains need to do monologues, she says, how diabolical of him, referring to Megabyte, to hide a delete command in a harmless mask. Yeah. And I'm like, there's a timer on it. Like, <laughs> was it harmless? <laughs> and she's and like, we, I wish I thought of that. And then we see, we, we, we're back at Dot's diner, and Dot looks up and notices Bob just sailing <laughs> in the air. Hold yeah, with this mask flying through the air, struggling to rip this mask off his face. It is so strange to look at. It is like something looks wrong about it. Like it doesn't look like he's even being launched. Yeah, he's not launching. He's being magically propelled because he's not falling and he's not yeah. moving very fast. It's eerie. Yeah, it's it's really really weird looking. It's it's some uncanny belly shit. Yeah, because presumably Hexadecimal is using a psychic like force to like make him fly through the air to go to to megabytes. Yeah. It's yeah, and she's like, huh, that kind of looks like Bob. And I'm like, Yeah, you, th you think <laughs> <laughs> kind of looks like Bob, but the face isn't right. <laughs> And he's screaming muffled screams as he's flying over <laughs> Dot's diner. <laughs> and uh, apparently the fastest boy in the world, uh, Enzo, he shows up and the show has done this a few times now. It cuts to a low point of view. Of him charging toward the person. Of him charging to toward. Tackle. Yeah. And she's like, no, stop. So clearly it's not just a Bob thing. So he tackles his sister Dot. And starts doing his thing where he just starts talking at a thousand words per minute. Yeah. And she hushes him, like puts a puts a finger to his mouth to she she's done this a few times to him. And she's all like, Whoa, you're telling me that that package was from Megabyte and that it was a bomb? We gotta yep. do something, basically. And he's just nodding in silence. Yeah, one of the things she says, and Bob has no idea, and he shakes his head. I'm like how do all of these people not know this is a bomb? <laughs> especially weird. characters who spec especially characters who speculated earlier that it was a bomb. Ah, and that's what I wanted to bring up. A little bit of inconsistency already. Because remember, they both looked at each other earlier after um, they found oh, out I it was going to hexadecimal. And they said, it's oh, a bomb. bomb. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, but all of a sudden, now they need to warn him 
that it's a bomb. Yeah, and now Bob has managed to get the the mask off of his face. Still mid-flight. Still mid-flight, still moving awkwardly. Now he looks like he's like hang gliding toward the silicon tour. <laughs> yeah, he says Like actually. He, yeah, like invisible hang glider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he says glitch rotor or something rotor, like that. Yeah. yeah, and a little helicopter spinny thing comes up and then he stops his trajectory. Yeah, so he inspector gadgets it. <laughs> go, go, gadget, copter. Yeah, basically. And um, yeah, he, he stops his trajectory towards Megabyte's lair. And then it cuts to Enzo and Dot again, and they're on zip boards. And then, oh shit. Oh no. Warning, incoming game. Sky goes purple, alarm goes off. There's like Sky lightning. opens up. Yeah. <laughs> And a purple GameCube uh, emerges and it's touching down like right by where conveniently for Bob, like right near where he just happened to be. Yeah, it descends from the sky. And as it's doing that, it shows binomes, ones and zeros, like fleeing for their lives, like in terror. And like the there are a lot of hover cars in the air, like flying cars and stuff. And they all just go nuts and like begin to leave the area. I like that it showed that. It's showing that this is a scary thing and the average citizen like wants to get the, the heck out of the way. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, would you want to be in a game? If I'm Bob or a Sprite, yes. If it, yeah, if, if, you're Bob, if, you're, if you're Bob, Dot, or Enzo, yes, absolutely. If you are a random binome, probably not. If I'm a two-foot-tall little ball with like Lego hands... I, I don't want to be I don't want to be stuck in this game. Yeah. Uh, so, so Bob goes Bob, to intercept it. Yeah, Bob races toward the GameCube. Uh, he's able to get into it, or he's able to get underneath it in time. Underneath so can, it, yeah. Yeah, so he can join the game. Uh, Dot and Enzo try to do the same thing. Uh, they unfortunately uh, do not make it in time. No, they are. Thank, thank you, because I've got some, I've got some inconsistencies to discuss later. Uh, it says curses and or what do they say? Curses and crashes. We lost. Curse, I was going to bring that up too. Curses and crashes. <laughs> and they look disappointed, and th- it has implied now, um, at least once, that you cannot enter the game from the sides of the giant square column, the cube column from the sky. You have to yeah. be underneath it. And uh, I'm not sure if it happened in the first episode, but it does show us uh, at some point that you know cars will crash into the side. Um, yeah. you, you, you can't do it. Yeah, you need to be underneath it. And they did not get underneath in time. Although she, well, she grabs his hand and says, come on, and like, pulls him down and they like race the race the the bottom of the cube uh to get underneath it so no sorry i I take what i said back about there being an inconsistency she does like race and they just managed to get underneath it also Uh, hold up why would dot want to bring her dipshit little brother into the game thank you that's what i'm putting him at risk that's what I was going to say. Why are you bringing your 10-year-old brother like, into yeah, the game? Yeah, yeah. 
like I get her wanting to go into the game to like try and save the sector, but like why would you bring your child sibling along for the ride? Seemingly yeah. by force. Yeah, she's like, come on, and like grabs him. And when they're inside, they're on a green field, and Enzo immediately says, Dot, you almost got us to race. Got us erased. Deleted. Offlined. And he's, yeah. he's kind of upset. So that's what implies that, hey, like it's dangerous to try to squeeze underneath the game. And that's what gives me the impression, also, I've seen the whole show, that you can't touch the outside of the game. Yeah. Uh, and that's why Enzo's getting getting upset. And yeah, right I mean, after he says it, he's like, you almost got us offline, erased. Can we do it again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like uh, walking the wrong way through an active Stargate. That's a... Yeah, that's a good... That's a good analogy. Because, like... Uh, or Stargate, being there when it opens. Yeah, well... Not just that, but like a Stargate is a one-way portal. Like the the gate, a gate can be dialed on either side, but whatever oh. side is the dialing gate, you can only go forward that way. Which so, is why you need your own, uh, your home base Stargates codes. So, like, let's say you have Stargate A and Stargate B. Stargate A dial stargate b there's an active gate going but it's one way but it's one way so the only people who can pass through it are people on the side of stargate a which will transport them to whatever planet stargate b is on but if that active portal is still going and people on the other side try to step into it they'll be vaporized they're yep they're just gone (laughs) yeah and that's what happens on the outside of uh the cube yeah, exactly. But once you're in the cube, you're just stuck in the game. Yeah. You can't change your mind. Probably why it's so horrifying for binomes fleeing the scene. Yeah. And why presumably why Bob is even in mainframe. Yeah. He's uh he's the antivirus pro the trialware antivirus program, <laughs> as we established. So there's a really corny announcer who's like, ha ha ha, good to see you too, Gary. Good to see you too. Certainly is a balmy 65 degrees in here. So it's an announcement of some sort. And they're like, all right, let's get to the race. <laughs> so the game that we are playing this week is basically Sega F1 Championship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but a way cooler version of it, apparently. Uh, slightly more polygonal, but... Well, I mean, th- there's vehicle changes mid-race. Mid race, like that's rad. Mid racer. Mid racer. <laughs> the scene. Uh, uh, if you uh, recall, last week I had mentioned that when I I first discovered Reboot by reading TV Guide, and the little write up about Reboot had a picture of Bob wearing racing car getup. Oh, it was from this episode. You did say that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Bob is standing there, and he has his hand on his hips. He's still holding the porcelain mask. <laughs> and he says, looks like Formula One. And I, I love this. I, I don't know if you're watching it at the moment, but... I'm looking in, at it. In early 3D video games, when they had to render like a crowd, but just for background like filler, this is exactly what that looks like. 
It's yeah, a whole it was all people. It was always just pixels, bitmap images. Yes, just one solid like image. Yeah, <laughs> static image, and that's what's behind Bob right now. And it's funny because they're not like green or blue skinned or whatever. Like they're, you can tell they're like humans. Like some are wearing hats, they're wearing t-shirts. They're all yeah. very blurry. It's it's a it's a great but JPEG, but they're still two dimensional. Yes, so it's a JPEG rese- supposed to resemble a, a crowd behind well, yeah. them, and I, and I find that really funny because that's actually what we would see in a game, yes, even though it's way lower res than the actual uh, sprites. That sorry, the actual characters that we see uh, on reboot. <laughs> At this time, they specifically would actually use Windows bitmap images, so uh, dot amazing uh, dot bmp format okay yeah they did use bitmaps yeah yeah i I just like calling things a jpeg (laughs) (laughs) um and actually like that honestly that really only completely stopped being a thing in video games like this gen oh definitely like even Um, you you played a lot of wrestling games yeah it's always been like shitty crowd graphics yeah like even going back to like even last gen, like early last gen, like wrestling video games, the crowds would be these like 2D sprites that would just like, they were basically just like GIFs that would just loop. Yeah, I'd just show one there with their hand up and then down and then up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not immersion breaking. <laughs> oh, weird. Speaking of immersion breaking, the camera cuts from Bob and the. Like the bit mapped, like static, like image of a crowd behind him, and it cuts to some biomes, and they look glad that that Bob is actually here, and they are so three D and and reflective and like shiny. It really contrasts the the crummy <laughs> the uh, the crummy crowd, flat looking two D crowd. Yeah. And he and Bob says, uh, "Formula One, huh?" And he looks at the biomes and he says, good thing we know the formula. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. And and they all kind of like, yeah, and they, they run off and they get in position on the racetrack and they all reboot. And there's that column, of that beam um, that goes above them when they all reboot. And I always like these sequences when they all kind of like take turns rebooting here or there. And one of the biomes reboots, and he's just the flag waver. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine, like, you're the only one in a game, and you reboot, and you're not even a racer. You're just like, like, well, well, I hope the user loses somehow. It's like, well, I'm fucked. (laughs) But as uh, Dot shows in this episode, you can kind of, like, go off the rails and get up to some shenanigans. Also, when... stuck in that role. Also, when the uh, uh, mainframers uh, reboot, not only do does their appearance change, race cars appear. Like around them. Yeah, they around. got helmets and they're, they're just kind of in Formula One racers. And they're all um, green and yellow, all of them. And they have 00 and 01 on their cars. Yeah. So if you, the biomes that are round have 00 and the biomes that are... Um, uh, the the tall one, the tall block ones that look like a one have zero one, which I found cool. Yeah, and when uh, Bob reboots, his race car has the mask bomb on the on the, the front. front. Yeah, 
um, he gives a thumbs up to some of the other biomes, and Bob is in a yellow uh, Formula One racer with like blue blue accents, blue stripes. And the user, it always depicts the user as like their vehicle, but like there's no person in it. They're just invisible. Yeah. And I think they're in like a, a white or a silver car, and it has like shark tooth like accents on it. Yeah, it reminds me of like the side or like the the nose of a like P forty Warhawk, like World War Two. Yeah, yeah that they would paint to look like look yeah. like um, sharks and stuff. Yeah, I half expected yeah. uh, there to be like a a curvy kind of like pinup model on the back, <laughs> painted on the back of it. Uh, I mean, maybe, but <laughs> I'm sure ABC wouldn't have liked that very much. Yeah, that's where they draw the the line. It wasn't hexadecimal. (laughs) And Bob Uh, kind of like, it looks like this is his first racing game because he hears everyone else light, like start their engines. And he looks around confused, looks at his dash, smiles and presses a green button with a key symbol. And then his his vehicle, uh, which presumably is the ignition, his vehicle like roars up. And um, the yeah, his like, his like tire as he's trying to accelerate his tire, like he goes into instant oversteer. His tires are like spinning around like the back of the car is like swaying back and forth. Like he clearly doesn't know how to drive. Yes. Yeah, so this is funny. Some of them are in groups, the zeros and ones. Right. <laughs> and as uh, they start their engines, their their buckles slither over them, like automatically seat belting them. But it shows one, um, a number one biome and his hands are on the steering wheel and he kicks something beneath him. And there's a zero biome, the big sphere, who's manually with his hands pressing the gas and brake. And I, I <laughs> fucking love that. So they need to team up to reach the, the pedals. Team players, you know. Yeah, like they the at least some of them can't reach the 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 brake and the gas pedals, and I, I find that hilarious that he just like kicks the guy underneath him, and he's got a derpy looking face, and he's like, oh, and he starts revving <laughs> the gas. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that was a weird little funny thing, and they all narrow their eyes, and like you said, Bob immediately overgasses it. He doesn't. He doesn't shift properly or something, and he's just spinning out as all the other biomes pass him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh-oh. Shit. Enzo and Dot reboot. They're yeah, in... they're a little late to the party for some reason. Yeah. They're, they are in white and red race cars, respectively. Yeah, Dot's in a red and black one, and yeah, Enzo's in a white and blue and red one. Yeah. Pretty cool. I guess if you're a biome, you just... You're just an extra. Uh, Enzo goes backwards accidentally and and then uh, figures it out pretty quick. P- still got a faster start than Bob. But because <laughs> well, I mean, Bob... We, we did speculate on last podcast that, that like mainframe is Bob's first posting as a <laughs> yeah. full-fledged guardian. So like he's a rookie. And that's what makes the show kind of enjoyable. He's like competent and he's been trained, but he's... A, He's new. Yeah. And but like the because... show never explicitly states that, but that's just always the vibe that I've gotten from Bob in the first like couple well, of the does... first season. Yeah, definitely. He even says, like, oh, I know I'm the new Sprite in town. Yeah. And everything. But so he, he does explicitly say that that he's new in town. Um, but you can 
like at, at, just because he's new in town doesn't necessarily mean he's not been around but based on his voice and how he interacts with people yeah it's a, it's a good guess this is his first posting <laughs> yeah this is a he sent to a small um a small uh hard drive to uh to to what's the term to uh to to wet his beak to 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 dip his toes in to gain some experience wet his whistle wet his whistle yeah yeah wet. sure <laughs> i i'm not using any of the right terminology <laughs> but uh because bob is a guardian he must have way higher stats because despite despite ha- like being way behind everyone else he just starts passing all the biomes being like excuse me pardon me thank you <laughs> yeah so sprites must must have some base stats that are uh that are better than the average biome um, well, first, i guess yeah yeah first thing uh, he's in the lead now and he comes up to a tight turn and i can immediately tell it enters his point of view i can immediately tell bob's never played a racing game before because i'm like wow is he coming at that tight turn way too fast <laughs> and then gratifyingly what happens is he hits the brake he turns really wide and a few cars pass him, including the user. So I was like, oh, yeah. And then it shows the user neck and neck with one of the biomes way out in front. And he's playing dirty and he like side swipes and pushes against the biome, causing him to wipe out. He causes him to wipe out and it causes Bob to oversteer and, and end up stopping, but he, he doesn't crash. And then all a whole bunch of biomes uh, pass in their green cars. They all pass Bob. Uh, they all steer around him safely. Uh, but again, now he's almost in last. So I'm, I'm just like, Bob, you gotta, gotta get your shit together. Damn it, Guardian. Right? People are counting on you. Yeah, and all of them are racing ahead of Bob. And the, la- per- the, the biome that's in last is like steadily approaching him. And Bob's like, I don't think so. And he goes in reverse and he pulls a 180 and... <laughs> he actually gets back in the race but i like how he's like i don't think so and there's just a, a helpless like biome who's horrified and terrified that he's go for his life who's like i bob i i, I just want to try try to win <laughs> imagine being in like a racing game and the guardian is shitting the bed like this and you're <laughs> one of the biomes and you're like oh fuck it's up to us <laughs> Kind of a kind of kind of be scary. Yeah, um, I've had situations like that in uh, everyday life where things like that have come up. Where it's like, oh, the person who's supposed to be like leading the charge is just like completely failing and has no idea what they're doing. And it's like, huh? So do I keep following this idiot? Or do I just do my own thing and hope that works? And if it works, other people follow me. Yeah, I'm not going to get into specific details, but there have been lots of times growing up when I've been like 11, 12, 13, 14, like around that age, where I that's the age, those that's the age range where I started realizing that that whole, oh, adults know better. Yeah thing that they they tell you is bullshit <laughs> oh completely and i've 100%. been in scary <laughs> i've been in scary situations where i've had to tell like someone i've been in a car with or like an adult doing something stupid 
hey, don't don't do that. Like, slow down. You're going like 80 in a residential zone. Or like telling like somebody in their 30s when I was like 12, hey, don't add that water to um to the roast. You're cooking it in a glass pan. It's gonna crack. Mm-hmm. And time and time and time again, I've had adults be like, oh, huh, you don't know anything. You're a kid. And then what happens? I've been in a car accident because I was driving with an idiot. Uh, what happened to the roast? The glass, the glass tray like cracked. Yeah. Like lots of little things like that where you start to realize, oh, adults aren't these all-knowing, like omnipotent like beings. A lot of them are fucking idiots. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I, I kind of, I, I relate, I relate to that a lot. <laughs> when uh, you look behind the curtain and realize that the facade that is adults knowing everything is just bullshit, and that's probably how the biomes <laughs> feel now. <laughs> They're like, oh god, has this guy ever played a racing game? No. <laughs> Apparently not. God damn it. And it, it, zo- it zooms in on Bob's car, and the porcelain mask ticks down from eight to seven. And then six. And uh, a biome holds up a sign. Imagine rebooting and being the sign guy. You just hold up what lap they're on, <laughs> they're on or hold up what place they're in. Yeah. And Bob especially, turns, if the, especially if the user is in the lead, like that guy is just sweating bullets at this point. Like, yeah, because uh, Bob passes a guy <laughs> and he's holding up a number, and Bob turns and he's like, 18th place? Yeah, so Bob's in 18th place. He says, That's what nitro's for. And he, he uses his nitro. Cuts to the user. Apparently, the user has a special, like, a, a special ability, and he makes a ramp appear in the middle of the race. He's using hacks. He's uh, do you do you <laughs> think so? Maybe. Or do you think he has special like power ups other than the nitro? Maybe, and everyone else just by default gets nitro. Yeah. Maybe so, but yeah, you... maybe it's hacks. Maybe it's Mario Kart bullshit. Maybe Who it's knows? Maybelline. <laughs> maybe he's born with it. Yeah. Um, Dot and Enzo catch up to Bob again. Bob, come on. Man, and um, she says, "Bob, your car's a bomb!" And he yells back, "It's the bomb! I know it's red!" And she hits you the slow ramp. down, and this bus will explode. <laughs> if you go under fifty, this bus will explode. <laughs> I need to watch Speed again. <laughs> now that I just referenced it, I think I do too, because I haven't seen it in like at least a decade. I uh, more for me. It's. It's actually been over 20 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, what does Enzo do when he sees his sister fly off in the distance? Cool! And they, they keep racing. And this is weird. When they hit lap two, they all turn into hover carts. Like some Diddy Kong racing bullshit. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah, which is... I'm like, oh, cool. They're, they're all hover carts now. And the, the, the track gets these yellow kind of like water slide, like luge, um, like half tunnels around to take the, the corners differently. And I'm like, oh, this, this is cool. Like I would have played, like 10-year-old me would have played the heck out of this. 
Yeah, so it's not just uh, simply Sega F1 World <laughs> Championship at this point. No, this is actually quite a dynamic game. It is, and they, they're slipping and sliding, and Enzo and Dot, they just cheat. <laughs> they just go, <laughs> they cut right across the the racetrack. Oh, I guess technically they're trying to talk to Bob, not place in the race. So Although technically it... they're still last. They missed a checkpoint or something, but... Although it makes you wonder, though, like, these characters have agency unto themselves. So, like, in the game, why don't they just cheat? Also, I wanted to bring this up, and that's a very good segue. Can can Bob be, like, a glitch? Autocannon. And can he just destroy the user with a gun? Do, do you know what I mean? Can they just cheat? <laughs> that would be hilarious. Like, imagine they're playing, like, some kind of... Like, I don't know, play, imagine they're playing like some kind of like early 90s version of like Red Dead Redemption or something like that. Like some kind yeah, of like a cowboy. shooter. Yeah, yeah, some kind of like cowboy game, Old West type game. And then all of a sudden, like Bob is just like glitch mini nuke. <laughs> glitch <laughs> y- low yield tacli- tactical nuclear device. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like what are what are the limits of this? Can he be like glitch energy shield and be immune to like bullets for a short time? So I'm very curious why Bob just follows the rules when he has this multi-tool. <laughs> um <laughs> but to to get back to that, no, he needs to win the old-fashioned way and it shows him neck and neck with the the user and the user's a kind of a bitch and he sideswipes Bob and and gets ahead. And then again, maybe it's hacks, or maybe it's like Mario Kart items. The user drops. Or maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> yeah. Or um, uh, I'm thinking Arby's. No, no. Did I do that wrong? <laughs> <laughs> so he he is he's in a half pipe, and the user shoots out presumably these hover mines, these explosive things. But like not one, like thirty. Like, just a ton of them. So as Bob comes whipping around the corner in this hover cart, he says, minefield, slalom. And he starts, like, going left and right up this, like, half pipe and dodging the heck out of these with amazing proficiency, despite the fact it's shown he's barely been able to control a car. Apparently a slip and slide (laughs) hover car is much easier. Now the biomes follow, and this is interesting. All of them blow up. Like maybe one or two, like get through the minefield. No, no, none of them. And yeah, no, no, all of them. Yeah, all of them get hit by that and are taken out of the race. And so are Bob and, uh, I mean, sorry, so are Dot and Enzo. So it's just Bob and the user. And then on lap three, they're literally in jets. Like I said, this is some Diddy Kong racing (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Yeah, they're in jets. They're still, um, a roadway with loop-de-loops, like they're still hovering like over the ground a bit. They still have to stay on the track, but they're in jets. Perhaps they are hover jets that still require a ground. Yeah, like maybe it's like a combination, a combination of the last two vehicles. One that's very fast and one that hovers. And now they're in like really fast, like jet hover jet cars. Yeah. And I love uh this. They're not in a vehicle anymore. They've their vehicles gone bob and dot sorry dang it um enzo gosh dang it enzo and dot <laughs> <laughs> turned full hank hill there 
Enzo and Dot are like, we we need to find a way to warn Bob before he gets deleted. But in my head, I'm just like, well, hold up. Like, if you lose the game, you you all get deleted. Like, maybe you guys should sabotage the user. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Just a thought, you know. Yeah, and then. Enzo starts like lamenting about not telling Bob the truth and how this is all his fault. And Dot cheers him up and she's like, I think I, I have an idea. And do you remember what the idea is? No, I don't. It's straight up, it cuts to them driving a fuel tanker, like a Terminator 2, like Mack truck. With <laughs> oh, right, um, right. Big rig. Right. His big yeah, rig. Just- Grabbing a semi truck and driving it right onto the track. So GTA style, just like it, fucking right onto the track. So this kind of answers what we were uh, our question from earlier. Like this is them straight up cheating. Like they're breaking the rules of the game. Yeah, they're they're pulling a GTA and like leaving the map and returning with a Mack truck, like a yeah. big rig fuel tanker. And she detaches the the end, and they kind of like pull up. Um, what's it called jackknife they jackknife the uh the big rig and the fuel tanker like falls and starts tumbling and crosses the finish line towards the user and bob and bob yells glitch and just yeah, as the user the, the tank the tanker topples over onto its side too in a manner that is very reminiscent of terminator 2 yeah <laughs> and the and you figure like at this point like terminator 2 had only come out like a couple of years earlier so that's it what was, I immediately thought of. I expected was, the the liquid Terminator, the T one thousand, to be driving it. <laughs> and oh, uh, could you imagine? Oh, in a game? Oh, that would be horrifying. <laughs> Just like Robert Patrick shows up. Robert Patrick in like nineteen ninety four three D reboots. He'll probably have like green skin or something, and he's just like intimidatingly walking up to people, being like, "Have you seen this boy?" Yeah, he just shows up like wearing a cop uniform with sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. He wave pick he like raises his finger and waves it back and forth. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be pretty scary. Like if he was a virus that caught a ride on a game. Yeah. So there's an explosion. Um Bob's car explodes, the user's car explodes, and technically neither of them crossed the the finish line. And they they're yelling from the the cab of the big rig. Bob, no! And there's a big blue and red fiery explosion. Yeah. And uh, there's now something that looks like possibly a tear. This is weird. Possibly a tear, but then it kind of stabilizes itself and gets shiny. Yeah. And the computer. And then the game is like warning game corruption. Yeah. Which is that's that's a new thing. We haven't heard that before. That's a new thing. And like, how is that? That doesn't sound good. No. Like, that sounds like losing. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> this is why Bob doesn't cheat. Uh, it It's kind of an interesting concept because it's like they they broke the rules of the game. So it is basically caused the game to completely destabilize. Yeah, it's kind of crashing. Yeah, presumably. And Bob, luckily, he's actually safe. He comes down in his go-go gadget copter and they say, wow, you're okay." And he points (laughs) straight at this tear like thing and he goes, not good. (laughs) Uh, He's not good. So so Bob has become Scorponok is what you're saying. (laughs) That line just just reminds me of Scorponok from (laughs) B-Scores. 
not good. And he says, this is, this not, is good. not good. And it doesn't quite look like a stabilized tear. It's like a blue and purple, like staticky, not quite a tear. And he says, it's Bob says, it's an infinite data else, else if loop, like an or else if loop. Okay, thank you. I had no idea what the fuck he meant by that. <laughs> I, I'm lucky that I have the DVD subtitles. And infinite data else, like E-L-S-E, hyphen I-F, an else if loop. Okay, let me tell you what uh, Crave's uh, closed captioning says. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> what it says is data else, E-L-S-E, hyphen I V. They they gave it the old maximal try. <laughs> and they, just like just reading that, I'm like, okay, what? Uh, what? I don't understand. Uh, I, I'm glad I got the the uh the DVD copy so I can actually see the, the subtitles. But people have probably heard about this through like media or like watching CSI people like hack or whatever. If there's no like new condition to test and the first condition's false or something, blah, 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 blah. It enters like a programming loop where it starts to reset and it, uh, a program will, will eventually crash like that. So if a website seems to crash after you're on it for like 10 seconds and you need to reload the page or something like that, there's some sort of error in an end loop in the, uh, the, the coding. I know nothing. <laughs> about this, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, in layman terms, because let me tell you, I'm looking at Google and it's not helping. <laughs> but it's a bad thing. Well, you're explaining it to me fairly well. and Oh, was I? I okay. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea what this thing is that you're talking about, but the way you're explaining it is making sense. I I've been told I can make sense sometimes. I've been told I can make dollars sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Been, I've been told I can make it rain sometimes. Yeah, so it creates I, I an, an un, <laughs> it creates an unstable uh, loop, and then eventually a web page or a program or whatever will crash. If you've ever played a game and you're in one specific area or a level and it, and it crashes repeatedly and it needs to be patched, that's that's usually what's going on. Yeah, but much like us, um, Dot turns to Bob and she's like, "What does that mean?" When he says <laughs> the <laughs> the else if um loop he yells in her face <laughs> like leans in and screams it means run like you've never run before and they look horrified and they all have like their their mouths go agab <laughs> so yeah not too great at keeping the calm there bob <laughs> and they all like cartoonically like wind up and like zip away like and run as fast as they can and yeah. I'm like, thanks, Guardian. I, <laughs> like, I, he does glitch can't help. He's just running. So here's what I'm wondering: is like they're within the GameCube, and now the game is collapsing unto itself, basically, kind where, of like a black hole. Yeah. Yeah. What? Where are they going to run? That's what I was feeling. I'm like, like, it's not like they can just leave the game by like, it's not like the holodeck in Star Trek where they can just go to the edge of it and be like computer exit. Yeah. And your like, door opens up. So what are like, where are they like, like, where are they going to run to if the game yeah, so... is falling apart? Like to me, that would suggest that they're kind of just fucked. That's what I was thinking. I was like, uh Oh, like that's, and that's what happens when you like cheat. Imagine like playing Diddy Kong Racing 
and like a T-1000 just like jackknifes a, a Mack truck in front of you, you'd be like, what What the fuck? And then the <laughs> game just crashes. Um, well, and indeed, like when you're playing video games and you hack them so you can do things that they're not, that the game isn't designed to allow you to do. Like generally, oh, when you start... the, game, the game kind of like commits suicide eventually. As someone who has hundreds of mods on Skyrim, uh, I can tell you, the the game likes to commit. <laughs> the, the game likes to uh, just disappear, often. And it, and here's the thing: who knows? Who who knows which which mod it is, or which conjunction of mods it is, or if uh, it just can't handle the the number of mods, or if something's too has too many polygons. And you're looking at it too close. Who who knows? <laughs> yeah, one of many reasons. But yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, the more you mod a game or or hack a game, the more fucky it gets. And it shows all the biomes. Interesting. The biomes aren't in their racing gear. They're not in yellow and green. They're all just normal looking now. And they're running too, but they've got stumpy little Lego legs. <laughs> also, I and like the 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 shot of the ra- uh, the fire truck. No, I love the the shot of the uh, the crowd just completely like breaking apart into this like just shattering into this like vortex with like nothing remaining where oh, it yeah. had previously been. Yeah, just like the green field, the the ground. Yeah, shows some biomes. It shows a really low res fire truck. <laughs> like it, it looks really bad. Um, get sucked up and like split into like a whole bunch of pixels and stuff. It shows a, a biome like holding on as everything's going getting sucked into the white hole. And it looks like he's gonna meet his doom, but Bob kind of like sticks his arm out and saves him. And apparently this one wall there behind is the only thing unaffected by the <laughs> by the uh the vortex. It even sucks in the sky and it like melts the JPEG and sucks it in. And the But game, not them for not them. some reason. They're they're far enough away, and instead of the game being sucked back into the sky, it kind of deflates. <laughs> yeah, and it uh, completely like collapses into itself like a black hole. Yeah, it collapses into itself, and it's very staticky. And as it's collapsing, it's losing some of its color. It shows Bob hunching over Enzo and Dot, and the biomes are all there too. And they're they're fine, yeah. but the the little thing it kind of goes into a ball and then like has a very weak explosion. So the the entirety of the GameCube has basically just imploded onto itself. But for whatever reason, Bob, Dot, Enzo, and all the binomes are like just perfectly fine because they were behind this one wall. Uh, so yeah, they're back in mainframe now because the the GameCube has cannibalized itself yeah and i I guess they're fine which means you can cheat in a game (laughs) (laughs) which now begs the question why don't they just do that in every game (laughs) (laughs) Uh, after some bob uh, sorry some enzo shenanigans he like tackles bob again and they they have some light banter (laughs) i didn't notice right until now the next scene it cuts to Bob and Dot walking by the diner, and the diner has a whole bunch of glass windows all around the outside, right? And Cecil is following them on his track, gla- on the other side of the window, <laughs> glaring at Bob. 
and I just noticed that now. I'm just looking at that now. That's hilarious. That not that great? Like, a little detail that they didn't have to put in, and he's just, like, following them on the track and giving him the stink eye? <laughs> I guess uh, Cecil's, like... Uh, I know we, we kind of speculated about it, but it's fun to think that, like, Cecil is uh, Bob's... Sorry, uh, Dot's, like, gay best friend. <laughs> and he's, like, suspicious and protective of, of her and suspicious of bob <laughs> yeah uh, i like that oh yeah enzo's behind them and a vid window pops up and it's megabyte yeah G- giving of this 10 year old shit he's like enzo you failed me completely and enzo's like why thank you and he's like you're fired <laughs> and i'm like what were you paying him anyway were you going a, to even pay him that's a good point yeah. but uh megabyte is all like uh yeah, I I found someone else to deliver my packages to deliver my packages for me, and it cuts <laughs> over to Hack and or Slash holding a comically large bomb torpedo, torpedo. Yeah, it's it's a it's an Acme <laughs> torpedo. Yeah, above them, like this thing is like ten times the size of the two of them. Yes, if megabyte. <laughs> Is so presumably seven feet tall. This thing is twenty feet tall. Yeah. So they they have presumably are just returning this thing because <laughs> they're like, oh, she uh, she said she already has one. Yeah, she said she already has one. Yeah, yeah. She she's already got one. Yeah. Uh, it, it cracked me up quite a bit when I was watching this the other day. It's oh, they're. I like how he's like, I found somebody else to deliver my packages, <laughs> and he turns to the stupidest like. <laughs> characters on the entire show the, although the biggest they appear... in mainframe. <laughs> and good help is so hard to find and apparently they have herculean strength because they're like lifting this thing each with like one arm yeah i said that i know i know i said that and then it explodes and the kind of like shaft or whatever that's in like the center of the silicon tour um just has a jet of fire <laughs> that, oh, yeah. that shoots, shoots into the straight sky. up that's hilarious like a mushroom cloud yeah and it, and it megabyte, goes up quick too like projectile it, it fire yeah it's projectile fire but apparently they're they're not completely dead because like a a three stooges segment you just hear it, the it ends with megabyte just yelling hack slash also, after the um, the fire ceases shooting up through the air, the roof of the Silicon Tor drops back down and lands on top of it like a fucking lid. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's convenient. Yeah, it, it lands so, back you know, down. No harm, no foul, no long-term damage, you know? It, it's fine. <laughs> it's just a giant, it's all carved out of one piece. Yeah. And, uh... Hack and Slash are like, uh-oh, I think he means us. And then the, the credits roll. Yeah, no shit, guys. Oh, man, he needs to find someone competent. So at this point, like, don't they seem more detrimental than helpful? Like, yeah. wouldn't not having Hack and Slash be better than having them work <laughs> for you? I mean, is that just if, me? I mean, if I were a maniacal supervillain, I would generally just do things myself for that reason. Because but like what I, if you were a jacked naked mob boss? A jacked, like manly, muscular, naked bodied, fully owning it, <laughs> cobalt blue, xenomorphic, viral, viral you know, mob boss. <laughs> morphic <laughs> viral mob boss. Uh I don't know what I would do. 
but I would definitely put that naked body on full display at all times. <laughs> and and he and he does when he's not in his hover chair. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So that was uh the second episode reboot racing the clock. Uh, Cal, do you have any final thoughts about it? I I like hexadecimal. Yep. I like them loosely explaining what happens when you cheat in a game. Uh, sort of, kind of. I don't know how I feel about Megabyte being dumb. He seems so <laughs> clever in the last episode, and in this one, he's like, I'll just send bombs to Hexadecimal. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I mean, the mask thing was kind of clever, be with the exception of the fact that it literally had a fucking timer on the forehead. <laughs> But the uh, the the giant torpedo, like that's just that, like that. That was a moment that was clearly just meant for laughs, because like that's just too. Oh stupid. yeah, yeah. It that that was a little ridiculous, especially the fact that like what was that on a timer too? No, it didn't have a timer. Well, it didn't have a visible timer on. How, how did it explode? How did it detonate? <laughs> we'll never know. Well, we'll never know. <laughs> uh, what did you think? What do you think of it? The episode? Um, Not great? <laughs> I don't know. It, it, this episode really didn't do it for me. So, uh, hexa- are, you, are you saying Hexadecimal <laughs> didn't do it for you? There were there were some production choices that were made during this episode (laughs) that I did enjoy, but overall I didn't, I wasn't really compelled by anything that was going on. Like I I've watched this episode three times now. And, uh, each time I was, I was having a hard time maintaining focusing. Yeah. Yeah. Focusing. Like I was having a hard time keeping my attention on the episode. I I think it's because instead of a straightforward plot that introduces us to new mechanics and new characters, it is kind of like an open world tour. Do you know what I mean? It's all over the place. Like Enzo's there and then Bob is going to lost angles and hexadecimal is there and, and her parts were all good. Like, Like I, I think her at the atmosphere, uh, her silhouette, uh, the way she moves and talks was kept. If we had gotten any longer glimpses of her psyche and her monologues, I think it would have been too much. We just got just enough to understand that she's, um, an unstable, but powerful villain on the show. I definitely like Hex and I, I like the way that she was introduced and I like the way uh, I like her characterization thus far, so I look forward to seeing more of her in the coming episodes. Yeah, and I, I guess the only other thing I have to say is uh, it's interesting that there are two big villains on the show yeah. that are opposed to one another. And that's not usually how TV shows work. I I love it. These super powerful, like, like viruses inhabiting mainframe. I really like that. Yeah. But it, as far as like the typical structure of a show, that is, that's a little odd, but I I think it makes the, the world better. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I guess I just feel like this episode was like the entire plot of this episode was essentially like a one or like maybe a first act joke <laughs> that was just stretched out too long. Oh, it it's it's painful that Bob doesn't realize that it's a Bob of uh, a bomb. Yeah, yeah, like like every like like the the whole like oh deliver a package to hexadecimal and you know it's a bomb and it should have been a f- yeah, resolved it, in the first act. Yeah, like the yeah. it should have been sorted out within the first like eight minutes of the episode instead of being the entire focus. Yeah, of the episode. Yeah, that's fair. That's a it's a little bit weaker of an of a an entire episode plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why it's it, it's it was hard to probably focus. It was all over the place. It, and it, that it's kind of showcasing us as much as they can. I guess it's like, oh, by the way, Hexadecimal is a character. Here's where she lives. She has psychic powers. Uh, Megabytes here. Don't forget him. Um, here are his cronies. Oh, here comes a game. Oh, what happens when you when you f up a game? Like it. There's so much introduced that I'm I'm okay with that. But like you said, the plot revolving around this dumb mask feels tiresome (laughs) very drawn out Um, yeah but we are only two episodes in um i feel like as this was mainframe's first series i feel like they were probably kind of learning on the job oh i still i still think it's it's great but i i understand your woes Yeah, that has been the second episode of Alpha Numeric. We will be back next week with the third episode of Reboot. The quick, quick and the, and fed. the fed. Yeah, quick and the fed. Huh. Oh, yeah, quick and the fed. Sorry, not the quick and the fed. Thank you very much to everyone who has listened to this episode. Uh, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it right now. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And if you're strictly on an Android device, you can find us on Podcast Addict. Also, check out our Mine and Cal's other podcast, Too Much Energon, where we discuss every episode of Beast Wars ever, another mainframe entertainment series. Yeah, so if you like robots in disguise, that's that's the show for you. Yes. Check out our Facebook page for uh, this show, which is facebook.com slash alphanumeric podcast. Yeah, that's all I got. Uh, We got to get out of here. So until next time, game over. Game over, man. Game over. Reboot will return after these messages.